We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto Grinders, brought to you by Jock Market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to 50 bucks using the promo code GRINDERS. And get this, if you don't turn a profit this week, Jock Market is running back their first market guarantee to cover your losses this week. So download Jock Market in the app or Play Stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J-O-C-K-M-K-T.com. And use the code GRINDERS for a 100% deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. Join with the man behind the dials, the man behind the numbers, the man behind the hamster wheels that run advanced sports analytics at Stuart Gibson for uh, for for another week of uh, stacks, correlation, leverage. Uh, this week is uh, 
<laughs> not that many good one? games. Yeah. Uh, no. we, we only have uh, two games that have a 50 plus total and that's just at 50, the lowest at 41, 11 game slate. A lot of the, the top teams are, are not on the slate. And then we have teams that are on the slate that aren't necessarily playing their, their, their best or their, their starting quarterback even, uh, on, on weeks like this, Stewart, uh, I mean, I think I asked the same. It was very similar last week where we only had like one game that was like that far above anyone else's. Uh, do, do, your, do, your, uh, do your tools show that like it's much more spread out on what teams would eventually be like the top stack percentage on the slate? Yeah, so we're actually getting fairly condensed this week as where last week it, it was quite spread out. I don't think there were like, I mean, just the, the top quarterbacks and the top skill players were, were not on the slate. Uh, so it, there was, I think, a little more dispersion in how we were projecting ownership and also how players were projecting. Uh, with this week, we do have a couple teams that have these premier quarterback and skill player combinations that even though it's a flat week from a total standpoint, uh, our, our models seem to be inclined to uh, heavily index some of these top players, uh, top kind of stacks from a pure ceiling standpoint. Um, and that's so a, a lot, a lot, a lot do uh, Stewart to the fact that, you know, we do have like two teams that are, more than a touchdown favorite one team that is a touchdown favorite so is it more leading to i mean i mean we'll we'll get to it but like the bills have a 31 and a half implied total the cowboys have 29.75 currently so even though like the, the bills are the biggest favorite on the slate they're a 14 and a half point favorite over the jaguars are we talking about like we're it's more condensed towards the high implied total teams and not necessarily the highest implied the highest uh, over under games. Um, not, I mean, specifically with the bills, like I, I'm actually referring to, to different teams, uh, but I'm I, sorry, Buff, Buffalo is showing up pretty solid. I mean, there, there's really, I think like, you know, there, there's no need to be coy about it. I mean, there's really the three like premier teams from just a combination of skilled players and quarterback, you know, Buffalo, Baltimore, Kansas city, um, so they actually are showing up as three of the top four teams. Um, so yeah, I mean, seeing pretty condensed kind of preference for, for those squads, uh, the ownership is gonna, gonna lean that way, but, uh, you know, and which is so much like injuries or, you know, injuries and, and you know, COVID and whatever with some of these premier quarterbacks, um, not, not even premier quarterbacks, but the starting quarterbacks of teams, um, yeah, I mean, I think there's just like a, a pretty, uh, at least our our numbers are seeing a pretty distinct cliff uh, once you get past like those top three teams. Um, and there's a fourth team in the mix there that that isn't kind of one of the premier teams that's uh, showing up for us. But um, yeah, I think in these weeks where there there's not a team that's standing from a standing out from a clear like Vegas standpoint, sometimes. Uh, at least our, our numbers are uh, trusting, you know, trusting the teams with the supreme talent. Uh, and, and I mean, those teams are also correlating with some of the higher totals on the slate. Uh, we just don't have the, you know, 53 plus uh, total games like, like we had uh, in previous weeks. 
so yeah, I think in general, like my, my stance is going to be to just try to load up on some of these, uh, premier stacks and, uh, you know, try to try to get contrarian elsewhere. Okay. With the fact that we really don't have like a multitude of high total games to go over, I think let, let's, let's do a little bit more of a free form format for, for this week's show with, with the pluses and the minuses, uh, I I would think based on on ownership and probably based on your tools, uh, let's talk about Minnesota at Baltimore. That's a 50 total. Uh, the Ravens are a six-point favorite, 27.5 implied total, 22 for the Vikings. Uh, based on projections that I'm seeing, uh, we have some ownership on Cook, some on Andrews. Uh, not much, you know, single digit in some of the skilled players. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is going to be one of the highest owned quarterbacks, which is obviously going to drag guys like Brown and Andrews or even Bateman, you know, up in ownership because, you know, people will want to stack. But I have, uh, based on my numbers, uh, from a projection standpoint versus ownership as a minus game, uh, do, you see, do you see it differently? Are you more likely to play a Lamar, Brown, Andrews, Cook type of team, or Jefferson, or Thielen. Uh, we have Sammy Watkins as questionable. So, like, that may cut into, you know, maybe Bateman snaps. It may cut, cut into some, uh, you know, target share for Brown and Edwards. And uh, do you believe that, you know, Baltimore is passing above expectation in comparison to the past? But do you think that some of the ceiling in this game is is kind of wasted away on and if the Ravens run the ball a lot? Yeah, so I, I have a uh, kind of a single, maybe a single plus, you know, small, small plus on the game. I, you know, you, you I think you're correct. Yeah, Jackson could be the, the most owned quarterback. Um, but I just think given the projectable value for him and, you know, Andrews to me really stands out as like the, uh, just, he fills that tight end kind of position, uh, has, I think a really strong projection, uh, this week. It, it is a spot where I think I'm willing to, uh, I'm not going to say like, you know, go, go massively overweight on, but certainly I'm not, uh, going to be avoiding the game. Uh, we currently are not considering Watkins projection. So I do think you are right in that some of that stuff could change. Like if Watkins gets ruled in could see uh, so, some, you know, dispersion of targets between like Bateman, Andrews, Marquise Brown. Uh, so I, I do think that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, I mean, yeah, most I mean, of you... my, most of the value in this game from, from the projections that I'm looking at, which is not just like the blitz and not just grid R and IQ, just from around the industry is that, that at quarterback, like it seems like this this stack, this game stack type of situation. If you do a three plus one, a skinny two plus one, or just you know a single or whatever, a lot of the value of the stack leans heavily towards Lamar Jackson and not necessarily on the on the pieces that connect to him. Uh I'm I mean, I'm not a big fan of running out naked quarterbacks, but it right. seems like based on the numbers that I'm looking at, that I'm more like I wouldn't be opposed to having Lamar naked with Dalvin cook run back like that be it. Cause like every other player in this game from a salary adjusted plus minus value is negative. So it's like 
am I going to make up enough points from Lamar Jackson himself for the, the kind of lower ceiling probabilities from the other players? So that really, that's, that's the issue I have with this game is that the, the value is on Lamar and he's going to be the highest owned quarterback. So it's like, I don't get, I don't get the best of both worlds. It's like, if I play yeah. him, like I'm going to be losing projection with the, the secondary pieces. But if I, if I play him, I also don't get any ownership discount with it. So like, that's really the, the, the base of my, my minus towards this game is, is, is more that like, it just, it's hard, it's hard to stack this game and maintain good projections and lower ownership. But like, I mean, I'm just looking at y'all's projections. I'm seeing what 11% on Andrews. Uh, I think I saw 8% or something on Brown, 7% on Bateman. I mean, does seem like that line of thinking of like Nick, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I mean, like doing naked QB either. Don't you think going naked Lamar will be a route that an elevated proportion of lineups go this week? I mean, would the somewhat in cash contr- games, sure, but I don't think in GPPs they're going to. I mean, that they people are going to stack. I mean, people are getting are more likely to actually double stack now than they used to in the past. I just think that I get a better projection uh, value from stacking other games, being that Lamar is going to be the the highest owned quarterback. So it's like, I, I, I'm not getting a benefit anywhere. Cause I also think that some of these ownership numbers are going to come up. I think Marcus okay. Brown will end up still being 10%. I think Andrews will be 15%. I think, uh, you know, if Watkins is out, Bateman will be 10%. I think, I think some of this ownership is like, like, yeah, they may not show up as one-offs, but with Lamar being 15% owned or so like the ownership of these other pieces have to ha- almost have to come up. Yeah. Um, like no, the, I mean, the I, ownership, pre, pre, the just to, just to be clear, just for people, it's like, well, wouldn't that be affected in the ownership? A lot of ownership is done like mathematically without like, you know, basing it on a rational market. And, uh, you know, I do make adjustments based on an irrational market. So like, yeah, mathematically, maybe Marquis Brown should only be seven or 8% owned. I just think that people plug in like people wouldn't play Lamar naked. They would actually want to play more of at least one piece with him, and it'll push these guys up too, too far. Got it. Okay. So you're suggesting maybe that those ownership numbers that are in right now for the Baltimore guys are deflated a, a, a decent bit uh, relative to what you're expecting to see come, come Sunday. Right. Only because I don't expect people to run like naked Lamar. People are obviously more likely out of more other quarterbacks to run naked Lamar. Just that, especially this season, if it was like last season, we may see more naked Lamar lineups, but with them passing a little bit more than they have in the past, like just recently, like I think people have no problem just plugging in Brown and Andrews or something like that. And I think, I think compared to that'll increase their ownership. And then I think they're inefficient. Then I think they're, they're overowned at that point. Okay. Um, so if, if it's a game that you kind of have a minus on, I mean, there still is a fairly strong, I mean, the, the highest game total is, is your intuition to try to just fade the game at large or are there contrarian routes that you would consider taking uh, really from either side as, as leverage against what, you know, I think we both agree will be very popular uh, Lamar Jackson. I think you could take, I mean, I think you could take these guys at one offs. I think Andrews, 
as a one-off at tight end because if he could win the tight end position, I think um the what the decision I make on Andrews really comes down to whether or not Waller is going to be active for the for the for the Raiders because I prefer Waller over Andrews, but I have no problem playing Dalvin Cook as a one-off like just just as himself. I don't have no problem Justin Jefferson as a one. I it almost feels like the Vikings one-offs are are more advantageous to have than the and even even the the one v one the one to ones like like not playing Lamar and playing like Dalvin Cook plus Marquise Brown, right? And then not having Lamar in the lineup and you're playing a lower owned quarterback with a different stack. Like I could see that getting into some lineups, but really from a projectable value, like I think I think this game is going to be over owned. So I'm more like I'm more likely to have less of them, less of the indi- less of the individual pieces. But the Viking side, I think, is the the underown side, and the Baltimore side is the overown one. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, like naturally, running backs make for good fades against passing stacks. But you know, who knows what Baltimore is going to do uh, at running back? I guess, like, I mean, to me, it feels like if if Brown or Andrews goes off, you know, Lamar is like one of these guys that any any value he can get out of passing the ball is really just, you know, it's just icing on the cake. Like, I guess my concern would be that if Brown or Andrews goes off in a, you know, tournament winning way, uh, wouldn't it just be highly likely that Lamar is uh, a necessary piece of those lineups that succeed as, you know, not, uh, not if he doesn't get rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Right. I mean, they can run the ball in two or three times without Lamar and Marquise Brown still has a six for 170 and one touchdown game. And Lamar is not the the highest, you know, QB one on the slate. I mean, yeah, it's still possible. It's more in relation to the ownership. It has nothing to me. Like if this game was lower owned, then, then yeah, yeah. I'd I'd have no problem with it. Just that when everything is kind of more spread out total wise, like I, I, I'm more inclined to, to get off, of chalkier players unless unless it's worth i i I find another team i think the ravens are going to be just as owned as another team and i i much rather like like just to put it into perspective i i i think josh allen's a better better play on the slate than lamar jackson and they have the highest implied team total against uh jacksonville and i think from a projectable value let me go to the Buffalo Jacksonville game. Like I'm seeing, uh, obviously Josh Allen's probably the second highest owned quarterback. He's 8,200. He's expensive though. I think this is a week where a lot of people are going to try to go cheap at quarterback because we have some options cheap at quarterback. And I think that'll, that'll limit uh, Allen's ownership at 8,200. And then taking a look at, at, at uh, Diggs 9.5%. Uh, Beasley 11.5%, Emmanuel Sanders 1.9%, Zach Moss obviously is a running back. I mean, the most owned player in this game is going to be Dan Arnold, still at 3,400. Uh, like, why don't I? Why don't I just play an Allen double stack and at possibly lower ownership or at least similar ownership? And I think the the path of the Allen double stack getting there is much clearer. Like Lamar could be vultured in so many different ways, but like if Allen puts up 340, 3, 350 and four, like th- th- what else do I need? Just g- grab me two pass catchers and 
and run me down. I don't, I mean, and you could even use Dan Arnold as the run back and just, you know, if you're going to punt the tight end anyway, well, there you go. Well, you could just punt with him and play a three plus one like that. I just, I just find, I think this stack is not, it's going to be like probably the second highest owned on the slate, but I actually think it's under owned in comparison to the, to the Lamar stack. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, as discussed at the top of the show, I mean, these are one of the, one of the three kind of power teams that, uh, yeah, I, I have kind of plus grades on, um, man, are, are like, are we at all nervous about, we, we touched on this in the Substack article last week. Like, I mean, Diggs's role and just efficiency as well has, uh, it just hasn't quite been uh, what it was last year. Uh, he actually had, a, in you know, last week had a season low, uh, you know, 16% target share. I mean, do do you see Diggs as a necessary piece to stack with Allen? Um, no. Okay. I mean, it's not necessary. I, I just think in this game, I'm talking about the difference between a rational market and an irrational market. I think people that they, there's going to be some ownership discount on the fact that they're a two touchdown favorite and people have this thing of like, well, they're going to blow them out. I don't want to play them. Not realizing that if they blow them out, they probably scored six touchdowns in the process. And I want those points. And secondly, just for the fact that Diggs is not produced as, as expected this year, will lower his ownership at 7,700. More people are going to play Tyreek Hill in that range. And, you know, just if, if I told you that Diggs went out and had 10 for 150 and two touchdowns, is, is anyone, is, I mean, are you surprised? If, if this was week one of the season and that happened, like you, no one, people would look at this and go, why aren't I playing Allen plus Diggs plus Beasley, you know, the double stack. I mean, I, ju I just think, I think that, that type of that irrationality will keep the ownership down in comparison to the, to other stacks on the slate. And with them having the highest team total, like just keep it simple, stupid. And just like Josh Allen, double stacks, like you're, you're never wrong playing. Sometimes they, yeah. uh, sometimes they don't work out, but like, it's not like I have to make a case. Like what's the case to, do I have to make if the bills put up 42 points with Josh Allen throwing for five touchdowns? Like, like that's, that's well within the range of outcomes in comparison to other teams on the slate. It's very similar to saying with Mahomes, right? Like, why, 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 why bother trying to play like 5K quarterbacks where it's like, I'm just going to pay 8,200. I'm going to play the Bills double stack and come run me down with, with your other teams. So like, that's my thinking behind it. And I think people are going to kind of galaxy brain themselves off of this and not just take the highest ceiling team on the slate. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I mean, I like the approach of going expensive at quarterback this week. Um, yeah, Allen, Allen makes a ton of sense. We have Beasley popping as kind of the uh, just best uh, with, with consideration for projection, cost, ownership, et cetera, popping as a you know strong, strong option. Uh, Diggs looks, looks fine. I, I, um, yeah, I mean, it's just he, ha he has yet to have, like, one of these big uh, – not even talking about, like, looking at just – fan you know, looking at fantasy points scored, but really just, like, target – you know, he, he has yet to get, like, huge target share games. I think he's over 25% only twice on the year so far. Uh, he topped that number. I'm counting, what, five five times in the first eight weeks last year. Um, 
you know, and uh, if it were kind of the same, same roster, same makeup, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't think much of it. Um, but, you know, the insertion of Sanders, uh, I know Dawson Knox has played a more uh, impactful role and he's out of the mix now. So, you know, maybe you can project a little, little extra for digs, but um, it is concerning, but yeah, I mean, you know, known, known kind of one of the highest ceiling guys uh, at the position and uh, yeah, the Allen, Allen dig stack, uh, even though it has yet to kind of pay off in a huge way so far this year, uh, probably has as much, uh, as much of a ceiling as any on the slate. Um, so Do you have another plus another game. Yeah. So I, I really like the Kansas city, uh, stack. I think. Did you, you know, did Mahomes... you consult with Joe Rogan before coming to that conclusion? <laughs> no. Um, I don't know like... if you saw, I don't know if you saw that what's been going on with Aaron Rodgers, but uh, like this game, this game would have been Stewart, the most popular game on the slate if Rodgers played, but this total opened at 55 and a half. And now it's down to 48. The Kansas city chiefs are now a seven point favorite uh, at home, 27.75 implied total for the chiefs, but the Packers still have uh 26.75 implied total because the chiefs defense isn't all that good. Uh, are you looking at this game from a Mahomes Hill Kelsey type of perspective. Are you looking more like $4,400 for Jordan love is insanely cheap for a quarterback on DraftKings? Are you more likely to do love plus Adams plus Hill or Kelsey as the run back? Or are you just looking at it's Mahomes? Uh, he could easily put up 40 points and just like the chiefs are going to be maybe as low at from a Mahomes perspective. I think he's going to be lower owned that, in the, on the, you would think on this slate, it's like we don't have that many high total games. Uh, Mahomes is not going to be one of the top three owned quarterbacks. So is is that is that your thinking of like yeah yeah like I mean the I Chiefs think are just going to one of these days the Chiefs are going to put up fifty points in a game, and uh, you want to be on board when that happens before the field reacts to it. Yeah, exactly. And like there there are weeks where we get kind of Mahomes as one of the top three own quarterbacks and uh at least as it's shaping out now uh just seems to me like he's gonna go a bit under owned uh of course you know kelsey and hill are are going to be popular i think uh you know the way to rather than just be like the field and kind of take them as well well priced one-offs like get mahomes get that correlation um you know i think you could go you could stack up both Mahomes, uh, or sorry, Hill and Kelsey. Uh, you could go with Hardman uh, on on the Green Bay side. Of course, you know Adams is a bring back. Of course, you're getting quite expensive. Like I also wouldn't be opposed to like bring back Aaron Jones. Um, you know, I do think with Kansas City's weak run defense, there's opportunities for him to hit home runs. Uh, he's been relevant in the passing game, kind of one of the more uh, prominent pass catching backs. Like I, I really like kind of the uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Aaron Jones, uh, I guess, bucket of players. And uh, you know, I, yeah, the ownership is going to be tough on, on those Kansas city skill players, but uh, I don't see at least as of now, Mahomes being super high owned. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we know that Vegas is not super high on, um, you know, the, the game total, but uh it does feel kind of like one of these weeks uh kansas city is going to explode in a big way and uh 
I don't know. Yeah, I would like would like to be on those on that side when uh, when that takes place. Uh, I have a plus on uh, Cowboys versus Broncos. Okay, the Cowboys are ten point favorite, forty nine total. Cowboys twenty nine point seven five implied total. The Broncos nineteen point seven five implied total. Uh, from a let's see, from a projection and ownership standpoint. Amari Cooper may be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate. He's 5,700. Uh, Zeke Elliott, we have a fairly weak running back pool this week. We have him at like over 20% ownership. The thing is that on the, on the opposite side, on the Broncos, like all single digits. So like, how can I play Amari Cooper in a way that is different? Well, why not play him in the, in the stack? I mean, we, I don't, Prescott coming off of an injury. We don't have him as very highly owned at, at quarterback. Bridgewater, definitely not so. The Broncos throw the ball more than people think they throw the ball. Uh, obviously, this game could be, you know, they try to hide Dak coming back from an injury and run the ball more. But who says that? Why can't I play Dak plus Cooper plus Cortland Sutton or something or Jerry Judy? Or even play Albert O, you know, as a cheap tight end or something. Why can't they play the Bridgewater side? And play Bridgewater plus two and run it back with Cooper or Elliott. So even though, you know, Cooper and Elliott may be uh, inflated ownership, but like when they have big games, the other side may have big games. And the other side is the one where it's single digit owned. So like, that's how I'm viewing that game of, you know, if this game goes off, like I, I'll, ab- I'll be able to get, a high, a higher owned value player and still play a lineup that's different. Got it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, we, we have Dallas ranking as the seventh highest propensity to put together like a top 1% stack. Um, not so much on the Denver side, but um, yeah, I mean, it does make sense. Like the, the, the ceiling uh, kind of just the ceiling on, on the Dallas stack is, is well known that you don't get like that much of a price discount on, uh, you know, this, this Dallas side, um, but the ceiling is there, um, does, does, does make, you know, good sense to me. Uh, do you have a, do you have another plus or do you have a minus? Whichever one. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going back with my, uh, tried and true Cleveland Browns going up against Cincinnati. Oh, (laughs) no, no, I have, this is a minus. Oh God. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, just no, no Odell, uh, no, you know, no running game. Like I just, I, I see them as being fairly condensed. Um, they don't have the greatest implied total, but, uh, th- there's a real shortage of super strong totals. Uh, you know, Bengals are projected to be favored. They're not a team that I typically like playing stacks against because they tend to go slow. They do tend to uh, try to take the air out of the ball. Uh, but at the price that you're getting, um, on some of these guys and the, uh, you know, just how condensed we're projecting that, uh, target tree to be in Cleveland. Uh, I'm not opposed to, to taking, you know, some small exposure to a Brown stack. I get your, from from, uh, your objective analysis. I just have this game as over owned. I think T Higgins at 5,300, we have him at like over 20% ownership. Landry is probably going to be in the 15% range. 
Chubb and Mixon, I mean, they're lower than 10, 10-ish percent for running backs. Just it seems like, like for projectable value, I could get better spots at slightly lower ownership. That, that I'm with you. If they, if, they, if you split this ownership in half, I'd be like, I'd say it's a plus. So like, from a from a price perspective, I like it. It's just that, like Chase, we have Chase at 6.4 percent ownership at 7,600. And if you're playing lower stakes based on recency bias, he's going to be double digit owned, right? I mean, like he's going to be 10 plus percent owned. Uh, Higgins is probably going to still be 20. I mean, it just Mixon had a good game last game. Instead of being 11, he may be 14 or 15. So just like I just see, I just see this game being too pot. I mean, I almost feel like I'd rather play, I'd rather play Minnesota Baltimore than at that point if I'm going to play guys at this ownership. So like I'm with you as far as it's a close game. Uh, I'm I'm concerned that the game may be too slow for a ceiling, but also we're not compare. Obviously, if we had four games that were 55 totals on this game on this slate, we we wouldn't be looking here. So like we we don't have that the, the scoring on this slate in a, as a whole may be lower. So it may not be that big of a deal that maybe this game plays slow. Well, I mean maybe the maybe the highest total game on the entire slate is only 47 points. So like, like, does it matter if this goes 42, as long as you get the distribution correctly, I mean, these guys could still end up in the winning line. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's, it's pop, it's going to be popular at the skill, uh, like at the skill position, but I mean, I don't, ex- are you expecting Baker to generate, significant ownership no, uh but burrow yeah. will though burrow burrow beyond yeah well i mean okay so that but, like, but but that's but that's to me that's the argument against the stack the argument is that maybe i play higgins plus chubb landry plus mixon but don't play don't play it as a as a you know quarterback two pass catcher one run back you know those types of things that you're making more of the case of like like it's not has nothing to do with the quarterbacks it has to do with like Overall, once I start bunching high-owned players together, it's like, why do I want to do that? Like, there's no, there's no cheaper, lower-owned guy as part of that. They're all double-digit owned. So if I'm going to do that, I might as well just like one, 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 and then move on and put it in a as a secondary correlation in another line. Yeah, I guess so. I my 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 thing is just that like Baker will be low-owned. So if you if you do have these high owned kind of pieces as one-offs or secondary correlations, one way to get different from these lineups that are going to. Yeah. But you know, I don't think have... you get different at quarterback though. Like quarterback is such a flattened position. Do you think Baker Makefield puts up 35 points? Like if he puts up 24 and at 1% owned, it's like I get 24 points out of so many other quarterbacks. I don't consider the quarterback ownership to be like, uh, Oh, how do I get, okay. for, get different because of that? It has to be some type of skill position player. And I just don't see where that Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe. I mean, I guess like I'm looking like where's there in the stand. There's nothing there. Tyler Boyd, maybe, right? But these guys don't really don't project all that well. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have too much more as far as pluses. Like I really am I got one more. Uh, okay, sure, go for it. Okay. I got one more. I got one, I got one plus and one minus. Yeah, I have some minuses, you know, happy to. Okay, to okay. So through. go over my okay. You, you tell me why this is not a plus. And I, I tend to go back to this team over and over again because I don't think people realize how often they pass. Uh the Raiders at the Giants. Uh we take a look at this, and uh there's the, like 
it depends on status of people in this game. Currently 46 and a half total. Uh, Raiders are three-point road favorite, 24.75 implied total for the Raiders. Giants with a 21.75 implied total. The problem with this game is that like everyone's questionable in this game. I mean, like that essentially, like we have Waller questionable, Jacobs questionable, Tony questionable, Galladay questionable, right? But uh, taking a look at the ownership versus this, like, are people going to play Waller at 6,200 if he's active? I think they're more likely to punt. Uh, with Rugs now not on the team anymore and probably never play football ever again, uh, it now condenses the targets even more. So, like, why can't I play Carr plus Waller plus Renfro, run it back with Tony or Galladay? Uh, is, is, you know, is Sa- Saquon apparently uh, it should be fine. I mean, we got guys here, Brian Edwards, 4,100. Or play Josh Jacobs and just go, you know, I could play Daniel Jones plus Tony plus, you know, uh, Engram plus Waller plus uh, Jacobs. It just seems like there are a lot more combinations of this game. And I and the Raiders throw more than people think. And why can't I play Derek Carr at 5% ownership at 5,900 and pair these all these guys together? And then in all those plus games that we were talking about, just, you know, find the secondaries elsewhere i mean i don't know i'm not i'm more likely to play this on the raiders side but what 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 does your uh numbers show as far as as this game reaching its top stack potential yeah so we actually have it as a a pretty good game actually just both both sides kind of just below uh this top mix of baltimore uh kansas city buffalo uh we have let's see um we have giants and, and Raiders more or less neck and neck. Um, we're working under the assumption that Waller will not play. So are particularly high on Renfro and Edwards. Uh, obviously if Waller is ruled in, I think, you know, things will shift around. Uh, right. Just, just to be clear on my side, I have Waller in. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if he's in, like, I think naturally uh, stuff's going to shift towards him and probably one of the other, receivers either Renfro or Edwards um so that, I almost that would want be, him my... to be out because if he's out I could play I could play Foster Moreau at 3k yeah um I imagine if if he's out or trending in that direction like Moreau will get pretty good it, it it's hard to kind of project on 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 the um, you know how 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 uh how ownership will shake out if um if, if Waller gets ruled out or is trending towards out leading into the game. Uh, it would seem well, that no, Moreau would get insane amounts of ownership. If we get that news by Saturday afternoon, the problem, the thing is, is that I, I almost don't care because people don't like playing Derek Carr. People don't like playing yeah. Raiders stacks. So like, how, how do I mitigate a high tight end, cheap tight end ownership? Well, by playing the stack with a run back of, you know, Tony or Galladay or one of these guys. And it's kind of the, the same mentality I had with Amari Cooper of like, like he's the best wide receiver value. How do I play him in a different way? So like with Moreau in, obviously it makes the stack even cheaper, right? So like it makes it even more appealing. Uh, but uh, but I like it with Waller in. I mean the the, the offense the offense is probably going to be even better with Waller in. Yeah, um, and you know with no Shepard on on the Giants side, like that uh, that passing uh, or receiving core kind of becomes more condensed. So it. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, we, we have it kind of as a 
strong game, probably the, the preferred uh, game outside of these kind of high tier uh, passing stacks, which uh, I don't know, at least, at least like Buffalo is, you know, looking potentially unbalanced. You know, I think the, the, the Giants Raiders game uh, has a good chance to be a pretty competitive game and uh, could, could overachieve. So um, yeah, I, I like that as a plus. Um, how about, how about more a plus? You say you have, you have some minuses. Yeah, I, I do think uh, the Miami-Houston game in general is going to go a bit over-owned, uh, especially on the Miami side. Um, especially now prefer- that Parker has been ruled, Parker is doubtful now. Okay. I believe. Um, I believe I saw he's doubtful. We currently still have him in our projections, but I, I, I think. Yes, you're right. I, I, I did see that. Uh, but I'm, yeah, oh, but what I'm, 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 the only reason I'm saying that is because with Parker out, that makes it more likely that people stack Tua with Waddle and Gazicki because, you know, the, the targets get more condensed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like to be underweight on really both, like, this game as a whole. Uh, I, I think, you know, Houston will get slight – I mean, not, like, big ownership, but certainly a little more than we have seen uh, in recent weeks with uh, Tyrod back. Uh, would prefer to avoid that. And, um, like, I – I, I like the Cincinnati side, but, but really, uh, sorry, the Cleveland side rather, but r- really not interested in all at, you know, stacking the Cincinnati side. I think uh, the the ownership is just going to be a bit high there. Uh, so that, that's one I have under on. Um, Do you, what, what are your thoughts? I have a minus on the Chargers Eagles game. Yeah. Uh, yep. Eckler is going to be one of the most high owned running backs. Uh, Goddard will get some ownership at tight end. Uh, people do like playing playing Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think there's a there's a case to make a leverage choice by taking the leverage off of Eckler and playing the Herbert Allen Cook type of stack, and then running it back with a Devonta Smith. It's just that the way these two teams are playing, it's quite possible that it, this 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 game is seventy percent running plays. Like that, my like I know that the total is up at uh, at fifty. Right, Chargers uh, are road are one and a half point road favorite, twenty five and a half implied total. Eagles twenty four and a half total, and this game could turn into a shootout. I mean, this the, the, these are all the pieces to turn into a shootout if they choose to throw the ball. But at you know at the ownership here, like, do I want to play Boston Scott? I mean, Rager is going to be is probable. I mean, Hertz kind of spreads the ball. It doesn't throw the ball much, and then he spreads the ball around. I mean, it's just that I just see so I see so many landmines in this game. Like, like I I see the upside, but I also see like, like yeah, I'm gonna take a shot on a two percent on Mike Williams at seventy one hundred, and see him go three for fifty for nothing, and just like this game ends up hitting its total, right? I could see this game going, you know, twenty eight to twenty one. Eckler has a touchdown and Jalen Guyton has a touchdown and Boston Scott has one rushing touchdown and Hertz has a rushing touch. Like it's all spread out and it, you're sitting there going, yeah, yeah. 49 points got scored in the game and no one got right. And just, and nothing. And no one got like, you may have some guys with 18 points and be like, okay, could they, they're viable to be in the winning lineup. But, but outside of Eckler, like who's going to be one of the most high on running backs. It's like, like where where do I go in this game? 
Yeah. Or, or you get stuck with like a Keenan Allen, like six catch 80 yard, no touchdown game. Um, yeah, no, I, I have you know, minuses on, on both sides of this game as well. Um, particularly, I mean, Philadelphia, I think is just going to get a ton of ownership, right? Like people just, like you said, really, really Not a like, ton. Playing I don't G- think a ton, I don't think a ton. And only because we have Lamar, only because we have Lamar in that price range where we're Hertz is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's really, that's going to, that's going to, I mean, when we have Hertz at 6,700 and you could just spend 600 more to get Lamar Jackson, I think more people are going to do that, but still we have in our ownership Hertz as the fourth highest owned quarterback behind uh, Lamar, Josh Allen and Tua there. So like the fact that Patrick Mahomes is, one Patrick Mahomes, we have currently projected to be lower on than Jordan Love. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that that just in, in kind of running some stuff like that, that kind of is appearing to be the the spot to exploit, uh, at least in our numbers. Um, be interesting to see if that moves around over the weekend with some of this, some of these injury news uh coming across, if if that moves uh totals. Uh, with with no Waller, you know, if Waller were to not play, um, man, it just feels like going like, uh, you know, Kelsey Mahomes and then either going up to Tyreek or, or, you know, down like Hardman or something just feels like kind of a slam dunk. But um, that, that that would be that would be, I think, where I'm, I'm going to look a lot uh, this weekend. Which is funny to say, because if it wasn't for Rogers, you know, being on the COVID list, like we would be talking about that game the most because it would be the highest zone. Yeah. Yeah. And right. With, with, with Rogers out, I think it just kind of sour is going to sour people on the chiefs. And like you said, I think people are going to be interested to play Jordan love who, you know, I think makes a ton of sense from a uh, cash game standpoint, uh, just given his price and, you know, what we expect him to do with his legs. But um, I don't know. We, we have seen some of these, uh, I mean, guys like Jordan Love, you know, Fields, Lance, uh, let down in kind of spots where we're optimistic, let down from a tournament standpoint. Uh, I, I think my preference would be to, you know, go for go for Mahomes at, at lower ownership and kind of pass over. Uh, fairly popular, obviously very cheap, um, but, but certainly fairly popular uh, Jordan Love. Okay. And you'll be sending out some of the some of these stats in your in your sub stack. Yep, correct. Uh, every week we'll have a Substack coming out. Uh, we'll send that out later this later today uh, with, uh, yeah, the tables that I'm looking at kind of for the show, uh, as well as some some context and commentary around what some of the numbers mean. Uh, some some ways to consider the metrics that are available, and uh, yeah, how how we might want to think about structuring lineups uh, here on Friday. Uh, understanding that of course you know things can move around as we get close to Sunday but uh, still think it's good to kind of take a a early look and get a feel for how we want to approach uh, building lineups moving into the weekend and if you're watching this on YouTube feel free to give a thumbs up give me some thummy thumbs while you're here subscribe to the channel hit the notification bell to know when we go live here on YouTube and you can always catch this show if you're watching on YouTube as part of the RG Daily Fantasy Football podcast feed. So go search on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast for the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football podcast. And uh, feel free to rate and review on iTunes. So, uh, so for Stuart Gibson of Advanced Sports Analytics, I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, and this has been another edition of the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto-Grinders.
Dot com.